friend. My name is Amy Joy, and this is the Make Prayer Beautiful podcast. So this is going to be not an easy story. So prepare yourself. Um, This is definitely one of the harder stories of my life. So um, some years ago, my husband and I had a specific call to um, be hospitable to a young lady for um, a few months. And that was very clear for both of us that this was the call of God. And so I was very taken aback to find that I actually hated this person. And um, that really confused me because I um, I was a good mom. You know, I, I loved my children. I felt like I had the love of God in me. Um, I had really believed for some years at that point that when we come to Christ, that our old man is crucified, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. And so the fact that I had this deep loathing just didn't make sense to me. It really, really bothered me almost on an existential level. Like, wait, so my experience is completely not backed up by what the scripture says. And yet I know the scripture is true. So what's going on here? Like I could not make sense of it. And, uh, you know, so then the questions are like, am I actually saved? You know, my my life experience is, I thought I was walking in holiness until now, and now I just am filled with all of this yucky emotion. Um, and so this went on for months, and we would notice certain things. Like my husband at one point said, hey, have you noticed how if two of our boys are standing together and this um, young person comes and stands next to them, two of the three will start fighting and it's maybe, maybe the two brothers will, or maybe one of them will start fighting with her. It's almost like she carries a cloud of conflict with her. And I thought, oh, that's so descriptive. Like, yes, I've seen that. You know, another thing that happened is, um, I had really felt always like I was a good parent. I mean, not a perfect parent, certainly, but I genuinely loved my boys and wanted good things for them and, uh, tried to be diligent and I felt like they were all in focus. Like I, I had a read on them and where they were. And when this young lady came, it was like they all started vibrating and I couldn't get a read on them. It was very discombobulating. And uh, there were certain things, you know, anytime you bring somebody into your house, they have different cultural expectations, different family background. Um, and so, you know, there were simple things like no, in our family, we don't ask how long until we get there. That's actually just outlawed. You can't ask that ever. No. Um, it's very firmly my conviction that if you're going to have children, you might as well train them up to behave in the way that makes sense to you since they're yours and you might as well not be frustrated with them all the time. So someone's into this project, um, this hospitality. I made a list of about 50 different cultural things that were different between our family and this young lady. And, uh, It was very interesting to me to see that we had made significant progress on probably two-thirds of those, and at least some progress on the final third. But what was incredibly disheartening was that my heart had not changed. (laughs) My heart remained just completely frustrated. And so the day that um, she left our house was, in truth, one of the happiest days of my life. Um, It was like an incredible weight had lifted off. But, you know, my boys never went back into focus entirely. Um, It felt like it took another year before I actually had any sense of being able to catch my breath. And uh, 
I didn't have really language for any of this. I mean, what I've just shared with you is about the extent of what I could fathom. Um, and uh, five years later, I was talking to the Lord because I was like, we felt so called and it was so horrible. What on earth? Like, <laughs> if there's a saying, you maybe have heard it, like, God doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called. You know, and I'm like, well, you called and I didn't feel very equipped. What on earth? And the Lord said, there were riches available that you did not avail yourself of. And I was like, oh my goodness, it's true. It was so chaotic while she was here. I probably didn't read my Bible for nine months. And if I prayed, it would have been little prayers of like, help without much faith. Because again, my entire theology at that point was completely in tatters. And, uh, but I was like, well, it's really true. I, uh, I should have prayed more or read my Bible more and, uh, didn't. And so I, uh, I sat with this word for five more years. And then at the end of that five years, I was talking to the Lord about it again. Cause I was like, Lord, I've learned a lot more about you in these last five years. And that statement, there are riches available. You did not avail yourself of, um, Besides being kind of funny because it ends with a preposition and as an English major, that just makes me laugh that that's the best God could have done. But um, that's, that doesn't feel very full of grace. That feels a little bit condemning and a little bit legalistic. Like, well, it's too bad you didn't have your quiet time. If you had, everything would have changed. And the reality is we all know that quiet times can be pretty dead sometimes. So, you know, however many months of deadness, that seems like it would still be dead. And... Uh, <laughs> as I said, this is a pretty deep one for me. And what the Lord said that time, he was like, Amy, there were riches, but you didn't know what they were. You hadn't found them yet. You didn't know they existed. They exist in this earth, but you didn't know to come and claim them. And uh, that made a lot more sense to me because in the intervening five years, I had learned about things like healing prayer. I had learned about things like deliverance. I had learned about these types of prayer that actually make a change in the world, that actually affect people permanently, that you can pray a single prayer and it shifts forever. Oh, that was amazing that this existed. And, uh, and so then it was like this, oh, oh, I'm telling you, this is so deep. So then I was thinking about my emotional state because one of the other things I had learned was that maybe God doesn't actually hate my emotions. You know, I had always kind of thought that if I was not stiff upper lip and kind of as stoic as possible, that probably that wouldn't be actually okay. And uh, so I was like, wait a minute, why did I have all of that loathing? And he said, Amy, it wasn't, it wasn't sin. I gave you that loathing because what that young lady was carrying was antithetical to what you and your family carry. And you needed to be able to identify it. And if you had known, you could have just broken it off of her. And then she would have been a pure influence in your family. And uh, I had never once thought that maybe loathing could be a gift. That maybe loathing was actually something from the Lord as like a warning sign. And yet, if you think about it, the Lord sends horrible dreams at times to people in the Old Testament, right? He sent horrible dreams to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, um, to say the seven years of famine are coming, prepare. 
he sent a very intense dream to um, Nebuchadnezzar in the book of Daniel. He came and he gave a warning, a terrifying warning to Bel- uh, is it Belteshazzar in the book of Daniel, the, the one about how your kingdom will fall and then it fell that very night. This is, this is intense stuff. And so uh, I, I actually ended up calling one of my college mentors because I was like, hey, you've adopted. Could this possibly be right? Like, I think I'm probably hearing wrong, but is it possible I'm not? And she said, oh, Amy, no, you are he- hearing correctly. This is actually, like the Lord gives you all manner of signals. You get to use them all. And this is um, something that she actually has dealt with herself in her own family. And so there's this part of saying, you have an invitation to take all of the feedback that the Lord is giving you and use it all to say, what is it that I'm loathing here? Is it that I'm a horrible person or is it just that there's an unclean spirit on this individual and I don't want that unclean spirit in my life or in the life of my family? And that doesn't make you horrible. That makes you gifted. (laughs) That means that you, that the Lord is calling you to use the signals he's sending you for his kingdom and his glory. Isn't that an amazing invitation? That's, it's really good news if we can get past the innate sense of um, horror <laughs> that maybe the Lord doesn't only send us like happy thoughts, right? But the reason why he does it is because what he's after is healing and restoration. He's not after pain. You know, you think about Jesus and the rich young ruler who came and Jesus said, one thing you lack, sell all you have and then come follow me. That wasn't because he was rejecting the rich young ruler. It was because he was inviting him to closer relationship. You know, I heard, a, I heard some preacher at one point say, he knew that Judas was going to betray him. He was inviting that rich young ruler to come and be the 12th disciple. But the disciple walked away. And so he, he ch- chose no for that invitation. It was too intense. And so I, I don't necessarily have a conclusion to this other than to say, let this word fall on you. Um, be open to what it is that the Lord is speaking. So Lord God, I thank you that you are not a one-dimensional God, that you are not a line where it could either be X or Y, but Lord, that you come and you inform our lives from all different directions and in all different ways. I thank you, Lord, that you speak to us, that you guide us, that you even give us signals how to, how we could pray. Lord, that you... <laughs> It says it is the glory of God to conceal a matter and it is the glory of kings to search them out. And so, Lord, I'm asking that we would be good searchers, that we would be willing to participate in the Easter egg hunt that you've made in this world because we want so much to be just like you, Jesus. We want to, God, we want to be like your son. And so, Lord, I thank you for the way that you reveal your purpose and your will to us. I thank you for those who've gone before who can help either confirm or deny things. Like my mentor who said, no, you're hearing that correctly, even though it's crazy, even though it's totally against what you might expect from most teachers. This is actually how the Lord speaks. And all those months that you thought that you were horrible, you were actually hearing from God and you just didn't know to welcome it. And so Jesus, I'm asking that you would forgive me for not recognizing your gift. And in fact, that that the gift that you are sending me that I thought that it was from the evil one because I didn't know and so I'm asking for your I just repent Lord and come to you 
in just such humility to say, I need more of you. I need to understand more your character. I need to understand more of who you are and how you move in this world. I don't ever want to call one of your gifts something from the enemy, Lord, because we know that you give good and perfect gifts. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you work in the midst of... You work in the midst of our pain. You work in the midst of our triumphs. That you just that your kingdom goes forward and advances through such people as us. So thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen.